Oh dear. Oh, I didn't move my mic at all. I got This is gonna sound great. Oh god! Oh, everything's a mess. Holy shit! Oh, I gotta get this. And let's ow, Jesus! And I'm hitting shit on it. And it's oh, now I gotta get it past the fucking speaker and slide it down more so it's a piece of my mouth. God, it just sounds terrible. Oh god! Now there's this cord here. Oh shit! I just hit another speaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god, now it's gonna fall. I gotta close the door. Ugh. And then I gotta get all set up and be like right in front. Oh my god, I keep hitting it on the speaker. <laughs> Move it back a little bit so I stop doing that. And fix it. And so it's fucking facing. Is it facing the right way? It's not facing the right way. Now it's facing the right way. There we go. And then put the pop filter there. Move this so it's not. Oh, oh, my phone's over here. And we're good. Are we? Nope. Gotta fucking turn off the curtains. Turn nah. off the curtains. I say turn off the curtains, but <laughs> I can close the curtains because otherwise there's a whole bunch of sound bouncing around. I'm gonna walk all the way back over here. And we're good. <laughs> Okay, dokes. All right, ready? We're ready. Oh, where's my timer? Boy, this is really just a formality at this point. Like, I don't think this is an episode that's going to go short. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, man. Namely, movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. That, Matt. Matt, what should people do? People should like, subscribe, tell a friend, stay six feet away from each other, wear a mask in public places, wash your hands for at least 20 seconds with soap and warm water, and... I don't know. Be a decent human being. You know, I really could have just, like, glossed through that mistake, because I flipped the M and the N of namely, but it would have just turned out mainly. Right. Which is fine. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not the intro. I can't do... You can't change words in the intro. It's fucking crazy. Yep. I mean, as you can tell, I have a lot of energy. You're very high energy. Because right I have had three full cups of coffee, or full bunches of iced coffee, because they weren't cups, they were those reusable straw, big old venti things. Right. You know, yes. the things that I always drink out of. Right. That you're very familiar with. Indeed. People might not be familiar with me drinking. Many coffees. A lot of coffee. Matt, what you been up to? <laughs> ah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I watched a couple of movies. I watched The Spectacular Now. Spectacular With, um, it's sort of a teen romance kind of movie with Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. You've I swear to there. God. Okay. This is really weird. But, uh, so, the specific person... And I, like, she's really into, like, rom-coms and romances and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I had been resistant to it because that's just not my style. But, like, mm-hmm. I figured since I've been forcing her to watch uh, Avatar and the Dark Knight trilogy and inevitably the list of movies that I'm going to force her to watch, mm-hmm. I figured I'd, you know, try to at least give as much as I'm forcing her. Yeah. Uh, so I we started kind of going through some movies and... Two weeks in a row, she specifically mentioned a movie that you had mentioned on the podcast that week. <laughs> and it's fucking weird. Because it was, uh, 
Uh, how to uh, how to lose a guy in how 10 to lose days. a guy in ten days? Classic. You mentioned watching that last week or the week before, yeah. and like the next day is when she was like, "I was like, what are some like what are rom coms or romance? Is it rom com? Uh, spectacular now is not. No, it's uh, how to lose a guy. In... Very much so. Okay, so I was like, what are like rom coms like big rom coms that like we should go? And she's like, uh, how to lose a guy in ten days is a good one. I'm like. What the fuck? So I'm like <laughs> expecting her to mention Spectacular now tonight when we're talking. Mm-hmm. So that'll be. I'm gonna lose my mind if that happens. Yeah. Because that, like, I swear to God, you guys are just like colluding behind my back. We are. Okay, good. Yeah. Trying to convert me to rom com world. Yeah. Pretty. I don't much. think I'm ever gonna be able to watch, uh, um, anything with Heath Ledger in it without seeing Joker. Because I've seen the movie enough where I can now see the Heath Ledger behind the Joker. Yeah. And so it's going to totally, totally fuck me up. I saw a clip of the Patriot earlier, and I was just like, mm. that's the Joker. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> anyway, I interrupted you. Anyway, uh, yeah, Spectacular Now. It's um, high school romance with uh, Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. Um, really, really good. Yeah. Really good. It's sort of, it's... Um, Is it depressing? A little bit. Cool. It's um, it's low key kind of. It's really it's well made. It kind of it reminded me a lot of Lady Bird. Okay, um, I've not seen Lady Bird, so I have no frame of reference. Your loss. Um, it's a yeah. It's it's the sort of it's just like it's a it's an ordinary story about kind of the Miles Teller characters, the main character, and mm-hmm. about him kind of coming to terms with who he is and um stuff like that. Um, and it's just it's it's really poignant. It's the sort. The way I described it to Hannah immediately afterwards was it's the sort of movie that would have been a lot worse if Shailene Woodley had cancer or was fighting against an oppressive dystopian mm. government or something. Um, it's it's very authentic and just, it's great. Mm. Cool. Um, it's got a stacked supporting cast. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in it for two scenes. Bob Odenkirk's in it for <laughs> two scenes. Jennifer Jason Lee's in it for two scenes. I don't know who that is. She's in Annihilation, Hateful Eight. Ah, uh, who? Uh, she was the the prisoner lady with the guitar. Oh God, it's been so long since I've seen that. Did we see that together? No, I watched that at work. Mm. Was she the one that turned out to be the like? She was related somehow to yeah. the people under the okay to to Channing Tatum. Danny Tatum. Yep. Yeah, okay, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Um, she, she's in it, she's really good. Um, I forgot to look up his name, but there's another character that's in it for one scene that's really good, and he's semi-famous. Um, like, you'd recognize him, but don't remember his name. Kyle. Barbie Holt. <laughs> Kyle something. Kyle Holt. Kyle Holt. No. Kyle? Kyle, um... Musk? There it is. Kyle Musk. You've seen that, right? You obviously know Elon Musk's kid's name, right? Oh. The X... I don't know if I know it. <laughs> X-A-N-A-12? Mm-hmm. No, A-17. A-19-something. Yeah. Um, have you seen how that translates to Kyle? No. X is Greek Kai. Uh, the A-N is in Latin pronounced I. Mm-hmm. And then the... Whatever the number is, that letter is L. So it's Kyle. (laughs) 
That's the stupidest thing I can imagine. That is amazing. Well, no, I, I don't know if that's how they pronounce it. I, uh, like, but that was like one of the things the internet was just like, oh my god, they named their kid Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most millennial way of naming your kid Kyle. Oh my gosh, it's great. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah, spectacular. Now it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, also watched Frozen Two. Oh. Is it all right? really weird <laughs> so <laughs> like so you know how disney movies it's kind of just like it's a beginning middle and end and they, uh-huh. they have some some plot and some songs and a little bit of drama and this one like okay there's some songs and some plot and a little bit of drama but like it's awful weird like mystical stuff about like the elements and water has memories is kind of an important <laughs> theme and um like white guilt and <laughs> it's it's just so and so much of it is like in these weird abstract magical places that don't really seem to exist mm-hmm. like it's just incredibly strange so it was like a there's a misrepresentation of attempting to flesh out the magic of the world yeah. Like, they were like, hey, we need to flesh out the magic of this world. And they're like, cool, make fucking everything magic. <laughs> Roughly. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, that's not what we meant. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, in the first one, the, the magic and sort of the magical elements of the world From, were... like, the gnomes or something, wasn't it? Yeah, there's, like, some oh, nice little rock. side elements. There's little rock gnomes, and, of course, Elsa has ice powers, but... Mm-hmm. Well, like... she got that from the rock gnomes, didn't she? No. I thought she did. No. Because they, they brought her to them, and then they, like... Healed her. They brought her to them to help her. But, mm-hmm. no, they didn't give her the power. This kind of explores where her power comes from. Uh, I think. It's a little unresolved. <laughs> <laughs> it's very still out where the power comes from. It's, it's not terrible. It's, like, it's, not, it's not a bad movie by any stretch. But it's just, it's, it's very strange. And I don't think it quite knows what it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um... It does that thing that really annoys me where it's like they do a, a, a hero character makes a huge sacrifice and then they come back and save the day and the sacrifice is kind of meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they like double dip on that. Oh, like no, the same character. So, yeah. So basically there's this magical realm um, with trees and people that are sort of analogous to Native Americans, I guess. Okay. Um and always dangerous water <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they handle it fairly well um and then there's arendelle which is just like the, the main kingdom the white people yeah um and so back in arendelle's past um they had built this dam and arendelle's history is okay this is a gesture of friendship it'll help strengthen the waters for this these tribal people up in the trees and um it turns out that that was not the case. It was causing a lot of problems up for the, the mm. tribe, which the name I can't remember. It's something kind of silly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the the heroes realized that in order to save the, the tribes and bring an end to the discord and fix the magic or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's a weird movie. Um, they have to break the dam, but breaking the dam will flood Arendelle for sure for certain, no stopping it. Uh, and so they break the dam, and then Elsa flies down there on a water horse, 
weird movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and freezes all the water. Did you say so, it's a seahorse? <laughs> yeah, I think I would. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that? Where was Elsa the whole time? That was the sacrifice part. She, um, spoilers for Frozen 2, I guess. Uh, she went into one of the weird magical abstract places and got frozen. Okay. Because she was, it was like a place that it showed her the history. It's basically a giant magical exposition island. And so she went there and the entire history with the dam and Arendelle and everything was exposited uh... to her. And that caused her to freeze in a room full of past statues. Really weird movie. That I cannot is... emphasize enough how weird this movie was. If this was done by Blumhouse and live action, I'm sure it would have been the most interesting movie ever made. But like, not like necessarily in a good way. Like, you're just kind of like, there's some deep meaning in here, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. And it's going to kick in in about 12 years, and I'm just going to have a fucking existential crisis about that movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, it's, it's strange. Nice. Yeah. All right. What else? Um, been reading a little more Dune. Dune. Still good. Still good. Kind of losing momentum a little bit. How far are you in? About 600 pages. About percentage-wise. Give me, a, give me a fraction here, Two buddy. thirds. Two thirds. Right. No. Um. And then I read Batman White Knight. Yes, you did. And Ooh. you said it's good. It's good. I liked it. Okay, so that that's your that's your um. So I, I called it like a couple couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Where like you have this like it's good. Where it like it kind of go uh like mm-hmm. you kind of have that that cadence. Where you have like some pretty fundamental problems with it. Yeah. Um, that's your like level three of you like something. This is your level two where you're like, it's good. Like, where's that? But like the rare level one where you're like, that's an amazing thing. Like spectacular uh, now. Like swamp thing. Yeah. You came came it's back with that. Good. Yeah, like there's that. That's the <laughs> um yeah. so what what is it so level two doesn't have fundamental problems with it. But there's mm-hmm. some iffiness that you kind of like. I'm learning this about you. There's like yeah. some, there's some iffiness, some like really minor like nitpicky things that you you notice while kind of reading. Mm-hmm. What were those? Um. So at its core, this is a, a really good story. It's... Uh, real quick for context of what yeah, White Knight. I should about. explain this. Yeah, go for it. Um. So there's this Joker fellow you see, and he likes to dress like a clown and punch a man who likes to dress like a bat and punch other criminals, and also the clown one. great Uh, best definition of superman ever (laughs) um yeah so it's uh i mean it's it's batman and joker and um batman is in the very first issue he kind of he's going a little off the rails chasing joker and he catches him and beats the snot out of him. It was like a like an inciting event, like a big one that like really kind of sent Batman over the edge. I can't remember what it was. It was something like he killed someone that he cares about. He killed Jason Todd. Nah, we all know that didn't you didn't really yeah. retaliate after that. Yeah. But it was like what, what do you remember what it was? I can't I can't remember I at all. I don't know if there was an actual one. They just jump in. Batman's oh, okay. like this I feel time, like there was something. This time I'm gonna get him. Like he like killed Barbara or something. Or like Jim Gordon. No, Gordon's in the lot. Hmm. 
Who um, else in the running? I don't. I don't think it's it's revenge. I think it's just he's like, this time I'm going to do it. This time I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. Um, kill this guy. And so instead of killing him, he shoves a bunch of pills down his throat. Uh, they're an Ace Chemical, aren't they? They're in. They're in a pharmaceutical factory, yeah. which is why he just has pills. Right. So it's not just Batman carrying like sandy pills around <laughs> with him at all times. No, like, one yeah. day I'm going to throw this down Joker's goblet, but um, goblet, gullet, gullet, gob, gob, gob. <laughs> yeah, gob, gullet, gob, goblet, goblet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he shoves a bunch of pills down his throat, and the pills make Joker sane. Yeah. So he just turns kind of snaps out. He's like, oh, what's up? I'm oh. Jack Napier. Yeah. Turns out he's um. Underneath all that, there's a, a very smart, well-mannered guy mm-hmm. who just wants to do the right thing by Gotham. Um, and so he uh, prosecutes his own defense successfully. Um, of? General Jokerness. Oh. He said prosecutes his own defense. Prosecute in the sense of, like, he carries it out. Okay. Like, they prosecuted. Because there's a prosecution attack. and then the right. defense. Yes, I re- so I was just like, what? <laughs> I said that, he I does, realized it was going to be confusing. He, like, jumps back and forth between the... He's, like, he's like <laughs> suing himself. Andy Serkis is it. It's just, like, move the camera. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so he, he defends himself, um, gets off, runs for city council, tries to um, uh, expose Batman for the, the pestilence he really has He basically, the city. like, sues him for, like... A million counts of assault, doesn't he? Um, he doesn't sue him. Um, he, he, what he does is there's this, um, he un- unveils that there's this Batman devastation fund where the city, um, uses this money to clean up after oh. Batman. And so he's using this to God, basically, it's been so long since I read that. yeah, so he's basically, he's trying to, um, bring down Batman or, um, like his, his nominal goal is to create this, like, um, super force with the Bat family, basically, that works under the Gotham City Police Department mm-hmm. under their supervision. It's almost kind of a Civil War thing. Like, mm. get the superheroes working under the supervision of yeah. a, a governing body. Um, and Batman's not very interested in that. And the, the plot takes some twists and turns after that that I won't really get into. Yeah. But basically the core premise is Joker turns good and tries to bring down Batman as the good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that story is, is well done. It's done consistently throughout. It's got some real thematic resonance. It um, comes home. It doesn't just wrap things up with a nice little bow at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, cause you know, that there's the curse of the white knight right now. No. Oh yeah. No, it's got a follow up. It's, I think it's actually out on trade paperback now. Mm. Yeah. No, a curse of the white knight is the, is the sequel. Okay. And I know very little about that one. Because I knew when I bought this one going into it, it's about Joker gets cured somehow. Right. But I don't know what this one's about. Um, and I don't know if it's any good. Anyway. But yes. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah. I like, uh, my the, the core story, I think, is is very good. Very well done. Um, I have some, some nitpicks. There's like a... They try to do Dark Knight Returns with, like, a couple of TV talking heads every mm-hmm. few pages just, like, explaining the themes. Mm-hmm. Except they don't explain the themes. They just toss around politically relevant buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 1% like... and social justice warriors. Yeah. and It's just, it's clumsy and it kind of distracts from what's otherwise a very interesting treatment of the character. That... There's a there's a it's a really interesting phenomenon. I like to do actually do an episode on it. Um, 
Uh, I think we've kind of touched on a little bit, like the the cultural impact on media. Um, nothing pulls me out of something more than when someone says fake news in something I'm reading or watching. Yeah. Like I hate that. I hate. I hated the thing that it was that it, when yeah. it came out with that whole thing, like fake news. But like it just. What was I? What was I watching? I can't. It was. Um, it was an actual show. And they said something is fake news, and I'm just like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Like, yeah. I don't care. And like stuff like that, where they're throwing around buzzwords, like just like the one percent, like things, like sticking to the to the words that no one, like people still say it now, but it was a huge thing back then. But now, really, yeah. don't say. It. I haven't heard someone mention social justice warrior in like five months. Yeah, it's a yeah. It it, it dates it, and I think it makes it more shallow. Yeah. Um. It's just. If this had come out a couple years later, I'm sure they would have put a fake news in there. Yeah. I gotta think about that now. What, what it was. I think it was... Nah, well, I wouldn't have been reading a comic, because all the comics they have are... Like, especially, because I've was reading, i been reading Hellboy and Swamp Thing from Bronze Age. There's no way fake news happened in those. That's yeah. what I was watching. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, that yeah. makes sense. So, yeah. That was, that was good. That was fine. Um, kind of the the big final battle, which I guess comic like this, where it's kind of a little self-contained story, has to have a big climactic final battle. Um, it felt like they just wanted a big citywide conflict, and they bring everyone into it, and it just felt like they were going um, bigger in scale and action, which diminished the stakes a little bit. Mm, it's kind of doing the bigger doesn't always mean better. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really work. Um, although I thought it was an interesting treatment of one of the, uh, an interesting opportunity for one of the side characters. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because it's kind of interesting, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty solid overall. It's, um, it's probably the Batman story so far that's gotten me thinking the most about who Batman is and what Mm -hmm. he means. Um, and it's, uh, it's a pretty enjoyable read. It's surprisingly dense, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not unreadable. It's, I mean, it's, it's a modern comic with the words. It's just, it's got a lot of ideas packed in there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so that's what I'll say about that. Anything else again? Uh, no, don't think so. All right. Uh, fucking, I've been playing Odyssey mm-hmm. a lot mm. and I'm still going and there is so much. It is just constantly stuff to do in odyssey um i i'm now hitting the points where i'm like coming across the mythological creatures like the Greek mythological creatures Ooh. there's some really interesting ways that they make this stuff work like the um we're gonna do an assassin's creed episode where we're gonna try to explain to you until you understand what assassin's creed's about because we did our assassin's creed episode with me brendan uh carter mm-hmm. that was grammar right uh yeah. <laughs> uh where we just talked about it mm-hmm. but I realized that, like, that would make no sense to people who were playing the game because right. we're we're explaining to an audience that can't react. So we're going to talk to you, who has very little experience with video games, mm-hmm. to explain what it's about. Uh, so we'll do that. But uh, so as far as I know, it's these dudes in white hoods and they go around and kill ethnic minorities. Or am I mixing that? No, up with actually, else? like okay. there's there's some pretty opposite. Like you, in one of them, you play Native American killing white people. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's an American Revolution. I've got it American killing British people. Okay. Well, no, there's still like 
white but, dudes yeah. killing other white dudes, but it doesn't really touch on white dudes killing ethnic minorities much. Well, every time you lose, there is. <laughs> True. <laughs> that one, yeah. Um, but no, uh, so there, there's reasons that these, these creatures actually exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a mission of, uh, you come across uh, Minos' labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And you know what's in the fucking lab? Oh yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, this is kind of terrifying. And like the kid's like, ah, oh, my like you meet this kid and he's like, oh, my dad went in there with like a couple people and a couple people came out saying they saw the Minotaur, but my dad didn't come out. And you're like, it's a role playing, so you can choose what you say. And there's mm-hmm. an option saying like the Minotaur is not fucking a real kid, but like I always play like the really nice kind of like, mm-hmm. I'll find your dad, blah blah blah. And you like. And it's, you're, like, you're just up in the up in the palace when you're talking to him, and he's like, "I'll take you down to the door." And he's like, "It's a big door with a big thing, like a big thing." And you're like, nah, "It's just a small kid." And you walk in, and it's a big door <laughs> with a big statue and a. Big... <laughs> and you walk in, and it's just like this giant cavern. And you're like, "This is crazy," and it's uh, the the technology. It will explain more. Is is like an ancient. An uh, ancient race that existed before humans mm-hmm. that were like all the Greek and Roman gods were actually that race. Okay. Um, so it's all that. And, it, and that's stuff that you pick up from like the second and third game when they start mm-hmm. really introducing the Isu, which is that race. Um, and so, kind of throughout the entire series, you're coming across these ancient artifacts uh, that are this like this metal, this technology that's really slick and kind of glowing digitally, kind of like stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're in like ancient Greece where everything's marble and like dirt and stone and stuff and then you walk into this like slick like almost brass everything and it's just this uh it's really cool to walk into those areas in assassin's creed because you know it's clearly that and mm-hmm. you know cool shit happens when that stuff happens because they've done a good job of establishing this uh race and you walk and it's just this big room this really cool looking room and like you as a player knows what this means but your character is just like what the is all this mm-hmm. um and then so then he's like well you can't actually open it because you need the key and then so it sends you on this quest to like do stuff and he gives you like a bunch of sub quests to go get little bits and there's this guy who's like you need this certain armor you need this theosius or whatever the, the guy who killed the minotaur mm-hmm. uh, you need his armor because i was wearing the armor when i went in i was one of the he was one of the guys that went in and came out mm-hmm. uh he's like i was wearing the armor it took a took a hit from the minotaur and i survived and i was like okay so it's probably this like like fucking thing that like looks like a minotaur and it scares all these people and like you start talking to all these people and they talk about this thing being terrifying and murdering a whole bunch of people and you're like okay i'm actually starting to get a little bit a little bit nervous especially how big that fucking thing is mm-hmm. and so you get everything you get the key and then you open the doors and it's just this giant pit that you like dive into mm-hmm. and you're like Okay, still kind of nervous, and then you pop up, and you can kind of, like, you, it's really dark, but you can get, like, there's, like, little bits of light sources of the labyrinth, and you see, like, a shadow of something huge, and, like, loud roar, like, way in the distance, and you're like, by the gods, he's real, (laughs) and then it's just, like, really dark, and you're, like, walking through the maze, I hate when people get this wrong, there's a difference between a maze and a labyrinth, a labyrinth has no dead ends, that's the difference. Mm. So when you're if you're in a labyrinth, quote unquote, and you hit a dead end, it's no longer a labyrinth, it's a maze. Okay. Because that's like that's how you get lost in a labyrinth. You can't really get lost in a maze because you can stick your hand to the right wall right. and you'll find your way. 
can't do that in a labyrinth because they'll just go in circles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why labyrinths are more terrifying. Cool. If done correctly. I learned something new today. Yeah. And so I hit a dead end and I'm like, and I texted Brandon, I'm texting Brandon because he's played the whole game all the way through and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, first thing I noticed, it's a maze, not a labyrinth, so kind of fucked that up. All right. So I'm in uh, fucking the Minos' maze uh, and you're walking through and there's just like remnants of bodies completely like destroyed. Like, just, like it's the classic like rib cage with just blood and meat everywhere yeah and you're like well fuck and every like five seconds you're walking you hear a roar and like stomping and you're just like this is terrifying and then like you get to the like to the center and then the literal fucking minotaur shows up (laughs) and you're like oh okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) and this is it and then like that was kind of the first moment where i'm like okay so there's these greek legends actually exist so I fought him, uh, and I'm not going to spoil if people are going to ever play the game, how that ends. It doesn't matter. Um, and then, so, a little bit later, I fucking just come across one of the Cyclops. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! And I die hard. Like, the thing was, like, two levels above me and fucked me up. Um, and I caught a glimpse of a, a mission that you have to do. Like, there's a whole Atlantis DLC, so mm. I know I'm going to come across a whole bunch of shit down there. Uh, and I... When trying to, like, seeing on the internet how to get to it, it I saw a reference you have to fight Medusa, so that's fucking great. I'm going to literally have to fight Medusa. Um, but I'm... It, it does a really good job of, like, amplifying as it goes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm level 50 now, and level 50 is kind of where it, like, it kind of switches the leveling up stuff, where it's like you can then prestige yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything just gets crazier, and it's, like... It's a really fun game. It's a really good game, and it's, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, the problem with the game, I'm working from home, and I need to <laughs> I need to get to work. But no, it's a lot of fun. Uh, doing that, reading Swamp Thing, uh, Bronze Age Swamp Thing, and I didn't realize the Bronze Age Swamp Thing was the beginning of Swamp Thing. Like yeah. that was that was that is it. That is that's the House, House of Secrets, Secrets ninety two. Yeah. That's the Swamp Thing origin. Um, it does a really interesting origin, job but... of like. From the beginning, it has a larger story it wants to tell. It's not just this new character that gives you one-offs. Like it gives you one-offs, but there are yeah. themes throughout. Yeah. Um. So it shows how much faith DC had in Lynn Wine with telling the story. Um. And it does it does kind of what I like, where it's uh, similar to like especially coming right off of Hellboy. It's very similar where mm-hmm. they are kind of one-offs, but you're getting the threads pulled. Yeah. Um, so you're getting your story. So you're getting development of the character through a story and seeing how they react to a story all the way to its end, while broader stories are being told. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, for j- just this one, I can't wait to get to yeah, no. Swamp Thing. Bronze Age <laughs> stuff is good, but Alan Moore's stuff is yeah. cool. It's transcendent. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, that's all I've been doing. Yep, no, that's pretty much it. That's all I'm doing. Alright. Uh, news? I had a couple things. Um, if I can <gasps> pull up my phone here. Um, oh! Uh, Taika Waititi is apparently yes! going to get a Star Wars movie. Star Wars movie! Interesting. Um, I thought they were putting a hold on Star Wars movies. I think they've still got a release date on the calendar for December 2022. I don't think Taika Waititi's style really fits in with the the 
themes of Star Wars and like the style of Star Wars. Like, don't get me wrong. We all know how much I fucking love Taika Waititi's style. Yep. But it's not a Star Wars style. He directed the finale of um, Mandalorian. True. Shit. What a guy. I think he's just talented, you know? He's just good. <laughs> People that are good at stuff are good at doing stuff. Yeah. Alright. So, bag that conversation. Bag that idea. Yeah. He's gonna be great. Probably. Probably. I, I mean... I think Taiko is a safe bet to... I think for anything, he's a safe bet when it comes to making a movie. Because the world loves him. Mm-hmm. Like, the movies he's made have been wonderfully received. Um, and with him landing Ragnarok so well, the world, that's kind of the first, that's the first pop culture for him. Like, he's got the he's cult classics that people like, but like, broader casual audiences know Taika Waititi now because of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So doing this, like, having a person that they love doing a movie is a good is a good move because like jj abrams and ryan johnson are now incredibly divisive people um because of the star wars movies um so this is a good person to come in and like everyone's gonna go in with good faith on them um and the people who are elitist about star wars might actually subside a little bit their elitism because of the good faith they have with star with there will still be the Fanatics. Yeah. I worry about the casual moviegoer that doesn't know who he is. Yeah. Because there's... Your casual moviegoers basically know who Steven Spielberg is. Yeah. Maybe Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Um, That's the one... I mean, you know my whole spiel about Quentin Tarantino's style. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Taika is... He's certainly popular, and I can mention him yeah. to reasonably culturally literate people, and they know who he is. Yeah. But, like, your average moviegoer that's kind of soured on Star Wars again... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if just the name Taika Waititi is enough to sell him on that. Yeah. Um, we have I mean, no I'll information watch. on if it's gonna. Like, I think the fact that they called it the Skywalker Saga might put an end to Skywalker, so they can move to a different, yeah, unaffected. Oops, sorry. I don't know why I apologize. My mic's in. Unaffected side of the galaxy. Well, we, we, we we've been hoping for that. Like Ryan Johnson was gonna get his trilogy. I don't know if that's still a thing, but. Not sure. We're hoping for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we liked about Mandalorian is it was like ground roots of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Or we could like the Taika might go through the whole crucifixion that Johnson did. Be sure good. Uh, hope that doesn't happen. Well, well, because Johnson made it back with knives out. Yeah. Like, boy, did he recover? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What a one eighty. Um, and then J.J. Abrams was good for Force Awakens for me, and then he did Rise of Skywalker, and now I don't like it. Um, well, he'll he'll turn something around. Will he, though? Yeah. Because he's doing um, Justice League Dark. Oh, yeah. And we talked about that and why I think that's a bad idea. Yeah. Or a great idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but speaking of Mandalorian... Speaking of Mandalorian... You seen that news? Yeah. Boba Fett's coming back. Tamora Morrison, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! Uh, so the guy that played Jango Fett and then later voice dubbed for Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. That's the order, right? He voice dubbed yeah. after the yeah. prequels. Because otherwise uh, it wouldn't have been interesting for him. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, he is the guy who plays Django Fett and the voice of Fett is coming on for season two of Mandalorian. Yep. Which could mean a list of things. Yeah. Um, Everyone is saying this is Boba Fett. He is back. Uh, I think it's not. Okay. I think a flashback might be a thing. Okay. Um, people are talking about because the it was like what episode two you saw his classic spurs. Yep. Um, maybe spitballing. I hadn't thought about this that much. Uh, maybe there's someone wearing his armor around. That person shows up. Maybe Amelia Clark. Uh, <laughs> I'm holding on to that theory for dear life, man. <laughs> um. Uh, someone shows up wearing that armor and he goes, holy shit, Boba Fett's dead. And then, like, it maybe sends him, sends Pedro Pascal into a fit of flashback with, uh, like, his experience with Boba Fett. And that's where you see Boba Fett. Like, maybe Boba Fett taught him what he knows or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or he was, like, part of that whole thing. Uh, flashback. But the Boba Fett that's alive right now is not the Boba Fett that is the clone. Fuck every time. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, could be a just a leftover clone hanging out. That's that's what some people are saying. It's like Boba Fett was a clone after all. Yeah. Um. So you can easily go like I mean, it might not even be Boba Fett. They didn't say he was like cast as Boba Fett. It, right. Like you said, yeah, it could just be a clone. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That being said, with the Spurs and with the casting, I wouldn't be shocked if they just bring back. Hey, Boba Fett's here. He climbed his way out of that pit. I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but... Oh, well. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, they did pretty well with season one, so... Yeah. Um, anyone news? Uh, I had one other thing. I think I, I took a screenshot of something that was worth... Let's see. Oh, I had two other things. Uh, they're making a National Treasure TV show, not with Nicolas Cage. Oh. Um, this movie's kind of need Nicolas Cage, I think. Sort of. What was that? I just got a text back from someone I texted a while ago, and they said to whomever this. Obviously, they don't have my number. <laughs> uh, oh, my screenshots. I want to look at my screenshots. Oh, I got one other one. Uh, Stephanie Meyer is releasing a companion novel to the Twilight series called Midnight Sun. It's the same story set from Edward Cullen's perspective, and I could not be more excited. Christ almighty. Uh... So we're going to... I swear to God, if we get movies, I'm like don't drag Robert Pattinson back down. No, he wouldn't do it. He's gonna, he's gonna do Batman, and they're like, "Hey, we want to make this up." Uh, what's it called? Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun movie, and Robert Pattinson goes like, in like at the Oscars for the Oscar he's gonna win for Batman. He's gonna turn to them and go, "Fuck you, I'm not doing another one." <laughs> <laughs> I had my middle finger up. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the Batman movie, apparently it's gonna be darker than all the previous movies. Okay, we're not gonna see anything. <laughs> <laughs> how much darker you're gonna get in the dark night yeah what the fuck Whoa. <laughs> or like theme darker than joker yeah like what the fuck how dark is i think he maybe it's visually darker like it's just gonna be really dark and hard to see it's gonna be season eight episode three of games <laughs> yeah. don't watch this with a light on in the room because you're not gonna see the screen yeah um Saw this news. NASA confirms Tom Cruise will make a movie in the International Space Station. Boy, he is just go. He's reaching. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I think the Halo jump got to his head. He's like, "What else? Can, what can I? What can I do more?" I have to one up it. <laughs> God, what's he gonna do after this? Like, he's literally he's like, "All right, Mars, Pluto." 
fucking Pluto. <laughs> it's gonna be like 85 by the time he gets there. 85? He's gonna be dead. Doesn't that take like 90 years to get there? Nah, Voyager probe got there. Well, as a probe, that's barring sustaining a human on board. True, but we can also build faster ships now than we could in the 70s. That's true. But, like, can that fast ship hold him? Like, the energy... Nothing can hold down Tom Cruise. (laughs) The energy it requires to sustain a life for that long would take a lot of energy away from the speed of the ship, I'm sure, because, like, there's only so... No, you know, because you don't lose speed in space. Well, that's true. I feel like there's something that would... Doesn't matter. Why are we speculating this? This is in our domain. <laughs> I know nothing about this. Uh, any other news? Uh, I don't think so. Alright. Matt. Preston. What brought you to this day? <laughs> By that I mean, like, what's your story for pop culture and your experience with movies and comics and, like, what what what's kind of your development of what brought you from a child who knew nothing to now having a podcast that's been going three years on pop culture media with your knowledge of movies and comics and stuff? That's a that's a wonderful question. I really like that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I suppose it all started when my grandfather met my grandmother i knew you were gonna go with something like that <laughs> which is a really really great story in and of itself but it takes about 20 minutes to tell <laughs> just like the series of coincidences that led to my birth are insane <laughs> like you're like okay this get get me crazier and then i dropped the bomb <laughs> <laughs> then i was born and they're like wait i didn't know i was pregnant <laughs> it just kind of <laughs> fell out in the toilet you were uh, in the poop Anyway. Anyway. Uh, no, so it, it, I'm sure it started with my parents introducing me to movies. The, mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm not sure how the math adds up on this. Um, the first movie I saw in theaters was Wizard of Oz. Okay. I am... I'm assuming that was like a remastered version? I am 98 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, I saw it, um... They did like a 70th anniversary version or something. And so, I, I think, I don't know. That's the story my parents told me, but I'm not sure if the dates quite line up. Mm-hmm. 70th anniversary would have been 1999. So I guess I, I wouldn't have seen anything younger than that in theaters. It wouldn't have made sense to bring me. Yeah. So yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw Phantom Menace in theaters. Because mm-hmm. um, my dad grew up on Star Wars. Yeah. Um, loved them. Showed them to me. Repeatedly, yeah, uh, loudly and often. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember Phantom Menace. I do remember. Probably the first movie I remember seeing was Fellowship of the Ring. Okay, seeing in theaters. Yeah, and that was. I mean, that was another thing from my dad was Lord of the Rings because when I some of my earliest memories are him reading Lord of the Rings and Hobbit to me before bed. Um, that was the that was kind of my my bedtime stories. Yeah, which. That gives you some explanation of what the Dalthorpe household looks like. <laughs> um, and uh, I I still remember um, he had to go take a phone call one day. He was reading to me and he had to go take a phone call. And he let me keep reading on a little bit. And that was the first time I read The Battle of Helm's Deep. Oh. And I, I do remember that. And it was, it kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I was I was very into Lord of the Rings. Um, I was super excited when the movies were coming out. My dad and um, my dad had a a friend from grad school who would watch me a lot and who also showed me Star Wars and um, uh, a lot of that stuff. And we'd just talk. He, he, they'd like tell me all the news and about how it's it's coming out and stuff. And um, I was very excited. Um, this grad student guy ended up getting married right about that time and. Um, he asked me if I'd be the ring bearer, like Frodo. Oh. <laughs> There's a couple pictures of me on Facebook, and I'm like six with my little tux. <laughs> it's very cute. Uh, but I digress. You like handed the ring to him, and you're like, don't put it on. You're <laughs> <laughs> like so confused when he puts it on her, and she doesn't disappear. <laughs> what? <laughs> six i kind of understood how things worked at that point. <laughs> i knew what was fixed fiction what was fact so I was, I was very into lord of the rings and um of course went and saw that in theaters and loved every second of it and, mm-hmm. um so like that and star wars were kind of like the big formative things i think you probably had a similar experience mm-hmm. lord of the rings and star wars um not so much into superhero movies i mean I know they showed me the the old 70s Superman, mm. um, and I don't think I thought very much of it when I was six or seven or whatever. Yeah. Um, I liked the 60s Batman. That was fun. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I, we we watched the, the Spider-Man movies, but after they came out. Um, we were very early adopters on Netflix. Okay. We were, we were on it when they were still mailing discs to people. Yep. So are we. Um. And so we got through a lot of the, just the classics and stuff like that, um, including the Spider-Man movies. And, um, I liked, I, I guess I liked those sorts of movies, the, the superhero movies and the action movies. And I, you know, I was, I was a kid. Um, and the movie that changed everything for me was Dark Knight. Yeah. So I watched that. I've told this story before. I watched that and blew my mind. I didn't realize that movies could be good. <laughs> like I realized that I could have fun with movies and I kind of like more some movies more than others and have favorites, but I didn't realize that a movie could be good. It could yeah. say something. It could tell a compelling story with incredible characters and great music. That was the, the soundtrack that kicked off mm-hmm. my, my soundtrack collecting. Um, and it just, it, it was incredible. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of pushed me out a little bit and I started, I was watching, I wasn't, really an early mcu adopter i watched iron man in theaters mm-hmm. um but i didn't see thor captain america till they came out on dvd um probably saw iron man 2 in theaters yeah i did um but it was this is kind of my first this is in like my preteen and early teen years starting to make my first forays into like what i like and what mm-hmm. i don't like and so like gladiator was really great for 11 year old me first yeah. r-rated movie it's a lot of fun um uh, inception blew my mind pretty hardcore um i remember coming out of that one just like that is one of the best movies i've ever seen um yeah so just i guess kind of the the phase where you you're your brain actually turns on when you're about that age and yeah. you start being able to actually engage with the ideas of something. So something mm-hmm. complex and twisty like Inception really catches your head. And yeah. Something with themes like like Dark Knight kind of catches your eye, but then you're also just like 
It's so cool. Yeah, I'm Joker's got shit. a bazooka. What's <laughs> <laughs> a bazooka? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so uh, I guess I kind of just went along um, like that. We the whole family saw Avengers in theaters. Um, I don't. So, how much would you say at this point you knew about movies? Um, as I got into high school and started watching more stuff and like more serious stuff, mm-hmm. um, I I think I picked up more. Uh, but it was still, I guess my idea of a, a good movie was a movie that was dark, yeah, gritty, and angsty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't really paying attention to like the aesthetic side of things, the, the cool shots and yeah. stuff like that. Not until probably late high school when I started to kind of realize that that was an actual thing, start to think about the craftsmanship mm-hmm. of movies. Um, and probably the thing now that i'm thinking back i didn't even realize this till now probably the thing that introduced me to that was actually watch mojo yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no they were i mean they were they were fine back in the day they were yeah. um they were pretty interesting for a kid who's wanting to learn about movies mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a user friendly yeah. here's a whole bunch of good movies on this topic and so me and my mom would probably watch two or three movies a week mm-hmm. and i just kind of be like hey i've heard of this one it's good this is where the watch list started. Gotcha. There's a yeah. There's a few movies that have been on there since probably 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess so I started just kind of refining my tastes. Um, I wasn't even like super into the sort of pop culture movies at that point. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I liked Star Wars. I liked Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I didn't like The Hobbit. Um, I, I don't think I got into consistently seeing all the mcu movies in theaters until probably 2016 oh shit so college yeah so um, when nah it wasn't Cause I, yeah because i saw guardians one in theaters um but not ant-man not thor 2 probably for the best yeah been a waste of a ticket yeah um it was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, kind of, kind of in college, I started branching out more. I had more time, and so I was just like, I'm, I'm just gonna, I like, I like movies. I'm gonna watch some movies, watch some yeah. TV. Um, so my freshman year of college, our family just never watched TV shows growing up. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a TV, so we're never watching them when they're on. And like, we're not gonna go out and buy a box set of DVDs or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, when Netflix actually moved to streaming. Um, me and my dad and my brother watched Battlestar Galactica because that was one of the few things that was actually on there. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty solid show. When did they move to streaming? This would have been, gosh, 2009 or so. Yeah. Um, and my dad was like, man, this is a really cool idea. Blockbuster's probably going to corner the market and Netflix Ooh. is going to go under. I bring Ooh. that up. I bring that up every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, no, I think I think they're they're onto something. I think they'll think they'll do it. So I was right. Yeah. Yep. Um Yeah, so freshman year of college I started getting into TV shows, like so I watched The Wire and I watched uh mm-hmm. Breaking Bad and I watched Downton Abbey. Yeah. Because Hannah was into it and I wanted yeah. something to talk about mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. And it's a pretty good show. Gotta 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 talk to that interesting girl. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch this show that she likes. Yep. <laughs> 
it's, it's a good show. It's all yeah. show. And it worked! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then I guess I kind of just progressively got more and more in depth. There's not like a, a moment where I realized, like, man, I'm really thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, I guess I watch a lot of movies and I like thinking about things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, as far as comics go, this is this is mostly I can attribute to you. Yay! Um, I, I fucked him up! <laughs> <laughs> I did read, I read Watchmen in high school. Um, watched the movie first. I was like, because my DVD copy of Dark Knight had the Watchmen trailer attached to it. It was like the first oh, trailer. Yep. Like that, that first one with the slowed down Smashing Pumpkins song. Yep. And that is a really cool trailer. And I was like, this movie looks really cool. And then I didn't see it then because it was R-rated and yeah. I was 12. And um, I, my family wasn't that interested in it. Um, and so I don't think I watched it until I was probably 17 or so. But I was like, it was always just kind of in the when back of my 12? head. 12? In 2008? You're 12, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 96? Oh, shit. Yeah. That, sure enough. Yeah. I thought, I thought Dark Knight was 09. Oh, wait. Wait. Yeah. Ah, I'm wrong. Anyway. Uh, because in 2012, or in, in all of the years, no, it's not. Never mind. Not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Comics. Watchmen. Oh, yeah. So I watched. I watched the movie probably when I was seventeen. I think I watched it on my seventeenth birthday. Mom's like, "You can pick any movie you want." And I was like, "I've had this Watchmen movie in the back of my head forever. Just that trailer really stuck with me." Uh And so we watched it, and I liked it. It um, it just it really stuck with me. And there's like I'm thinking about things, and like this is so interesting. And there's so many different characters, and they've all got these new and unique perspectives and it was yeah i should probably read the comic you know for cultural enrichment purposes yes and i read it and i really liked it and i still try to go back and read it every year Mm -hmm. in uh, october on watchman day was it october 12th october 12th is when the story starts yeah Yeah. um what do you mean remember when you do a thing yeah uh yeah so I, i read watchman um that was it i i'd read like um tintin when I was younger. You know Tintin? Uh-uh. I didn't know that was a comic. Yeah. I mean, I know that Adventures of Tintin is a movie, but I didn't know that was a comic. Yeah, it's, a, it's based on a series of French comics. From, oh. uh, I guess they're actually kind of standalone graphic novels from, like, the 40s or 50s. Oh, shit. Um, okay. They're actually pretty great. It's uh, the... I mean, did you, you see have them? those? No, I don't have them. No, I didn't see the movie. Oh. Um, it's yeah, it's it's basically a daring young reporter and his sea captain friend and his um, slightly anthropomorphized dog. And, yeah. Um, a cast of recurring and interesting characters, and they go on fun adventures all around the world. Okay. Um, and I I read my way through most of those at the local library one time or another. Those gotcha. are, um, those are very good. But that was kind of I guess I kind of thought of it as a guilty pleasure. Uh-huh. I guess um, you know I kind of had the the stereotype in my mind like comics are stupid and they're for people who can't read actual books yeah i mean you know me pre like 2015 (laughs) yeah has that story been like actually explained probably at some point yeah 
And just for reference, I hated Matt's guts from like, oh, what was it? It would, it would have been when my parents forced me to ask you to go to Thanksgiving our freshman year. Because mm-hmm. you didn't have a place to go. I think it was the first time that like I was able to stand your presence. Mm-hmm. And then we weren't really friends until about halfway through our sophomore year. Yeah. Because that's when we started, like, I just kind of had conversations about movies. And also, like, something switched with you over the summer between freshman and sophomore year where you weren't just... I hated Matt because he was a pretentious asshole. Um, Still am. You just got used to it. Well, (laughs) the the thing that you you did that pissed me off, you have not done since. There was a song I was... uh, Chopin's Revolution A.H.E. that I was practicing for Mm -hmm. fucking ever. I'm still working on it. Still bad at it. Don't you ever do that shit again to me. Hard piece. Uh, but I was like trying to learn it and I was kind of proud of how far I'd gotten and I was playing it and I struggled through it. And then Matt just fucking came down and like sat down and played it and I'm like, what a piece of shit. Yeah, it was kind of a jerk wheel. And like, just like, you didn't have to do that. No. Like you didn't just like, oh, that's like really cool. Like what Sam does will be like, oh, like you're doing pretty good here. Maybe like consider doing this thing and like we'll help me with my mm-hmm. hand and stuff. Which is totally fine. Also the fact that he's like, that has a degree in piano and organ, yeah. so... He was better than another freshman, yeah. um, but I hated you for a year, uh, yeah. so bad. Like I don't know, I don't know if I hated you more or Nick hated me more the first year because Nick was the same way. <laughs> Nick hated me the first year that we were friends, and now I was fucking best man at his wedding. Um, but no, yeah. And so it's funny because like you tell that, and I just I was completely oblivious to that. Yeah, I could not stand you because I because I liked you. Like, <laughs> I went to that that first soul gathering and I was like, I was a little nervous because um, it was kind of my first social event uh-huh. at college and I was 2,000 miles from home and I didn't really know anyone yet. Um, but I had gone to church the Sunday before and everyone was really friendly and welcoming. Yeah. And um, I, I was I had gotten two steps into the door that first day and Cindy, the organist, grabbed me and was like, oh, are you a new freshman college student? Let me introduce yeah. you to the pastor. And that was, that was very sweet. I was very touched by that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I summoned up the guts to go to this soul place, and I was like, everyone's just kind of a little uncomfortable because there's a whole bunch of freshmen oh. there and a whole bunch of the older students that are kind of just doing their own thing. They were all kind of assholes, too. Yeah. Some, just, some of them were really nice. Yeah. A couple of them were really nice, but yeah. for the most part, kind of assholes. <laughs> Not the one, really not the way we were. No, different. Yeah, we. I like sucked in the freshman. I was like, "Hey, friends." <laughs> yeah. So you were really, you were really comfortable and gregarious and outgoing, and I kind of latched onto that. I was like, "This is the place I like to be. I like this guy. He's he's a cool guy." I hated you. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird that that happened. Like I've never yeah. had that moment because, like, like growing up, this is completely taken the tangent from the from our main story. But it's like, going to all come back in a minute. Yeah. Growing up, like, I was always the person that was, like, despised because I was just this weird, awkward, random, like, hyper kid. Mm-hmm. So it was so weird to have, like, because I think I knew that you liked me, that, like, you were, like, cool with me, and I was yeah. just like, go away, you're an asshole, like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, so freshman year of college. Freshman year of college, watched a bunch of movies and TV. Um, tried to become friends with Preston because I thought he was a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work. Didn't work. Um, although eventually we we started hanging out more and like we just like we'd encounter each other in the the lounge, the student mm-hmm. lounge at the church, and talk about movies for three hours or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and that should. All happen. of our friends would get really annoyed. Oh, so annoyed! Oh my god. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but I still I still wasn't really getting into comics. That mm-hmm. was kind of a dividing line. I read um, Dark Knight Returns for a class, actually, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and liked it, but wasn't super impressed. Yeah. I was like, this is... Watchmen's kind of a one-off thing. This is not good enough to get me... It requires some history. Yeah, and something. like, I mean, I... I knew who Batman was. I knew yeah, kind of like, a deal. You, like, if you know who Batman and Superman and Joker are... Uh, like, I'd, I'd seen Dark Knight a dozen times yeah. at that point. There's stuff like Green Arrow, which makes no sense. Like, him just showing up with no arm. Like, yeah. kind of just confu- confusing. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. But, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I I knew what was going on. I was able to follow it. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Um, and then... Uh, we realized that we're talking about these movies and pop culture stuff so much that our friends are getting annoyed because they can't talk to us if we're in the same room. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so to save our friends, really just, this is, this is for you. This is for yep. them. Uh, flashback to our very first attempt at an intro of, uh, Talking about pop culture media so our friends don't have to listen to us talk about it or whatever I fucking said <laughs> in the first couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, uh, we decided, well, we should we should actually do this. We should do a little pop And by then, we had become great friends. Yes. This uh, was well past New Orleans. Yes. Um, New Orleans was a good, like, was a, like a moment where we actually became, because that's when SoCo Committee formed. Yeah. And that's when I really started to kind of, like, appreciate you as a person. I'm very appreciable. <laughs> but yeah, so by then we were we, we didn't we weren't just acquaintances that started podcasts. Yeah. Like we were close enough friends that we're like we we've got a chemistry that mm-hmm. a chemistry that honestly wasn't fully developed at that point. Yeah, no, it really developed through the podcast. And I like it's it's entertaining to go back and listen to kind of just like our dialogue back and forth in our early episodes. It was mm-hmm. like there was some there was still some uncomfortability with the way that we are. Yeah. Um, you kind of you came out of your shell a little bit more, like I think so. With being odd, which yep. is what I latch onto, that's where <laughs> I draw my shit from. Yep. as odd people, um, and so like we got more a lot more comfortable with each other over like the next like over that kind of first year where we were bi-weekly. Yeah, the first kind of twenty six episodes are like weirdish, but they kind of get better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So we started the podcast. Yeah, and I kind of figured, well, if we're gonna do this. It's pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. And I got two of those down, but I need to get into these comics. And so um, I started with um, the first two that I got on my own were Long Halloween and Batman Year One. I was like, you know, I like this Batman character. I already kind of know a lot about him and his, his history and backstory stuff. These are kind of two of the, the stories which require the least context from what I understand. And which are well regarded. Yeah. And so I read those. Really liked Year One. Wasn't so impressed with Long Halloween. That's a whole different story. Uh-huh. We'll get into it. Um, or we will. Or I already have gotten into it. I don't know. Maybe you've already gotten into it. I think I've already gotten into it. <laughs> um, yeah, and just kind of branched out from there. Um, I really, really, really liked the Daredevil TV show. And so I got into Daredevil. I yep. read... Uh, Born Again and Man Without Fear and then the entire Frank Miller run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of branched out, latched on to whatever I thought looked interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, started getting into image stuff. I don't even know what what I really started with there. You probably would have started with the ones that I lent you. Um, yeah, you... Because I... Cause, uh, I know, cause... Killer Be Killed. Killer Be would Killed. Have the, would have been the first one. 
Yeah. And that's like, because that was my first Image Comics. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was my first, because it was a, a podcast that we were listening to that this one was very heavily based on. Mm. Uh, was That was like, they do a, 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 um, a segment similar to what you've been up to, mm-hmm. where it's like stuff that they're doing at the time. Right. And one of them were, uh, was reading that, and I was like, that sounds really interesting. And that's the first one I kind of really just made the jump on. Mm-hmm. And I loved the first one, and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I read that and then I lent it to you mm-hmm. uh, and that was before volume four came out I lent it to you right as four was coming out right and so I read four and you were trying to pace yourself and that failed miserably <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we you read, we all read that and that's when we realized how good image is and then we both just kind of spewed yeah like you, like I got a set from a coworker mm-hmm. um, of image and that's where all the the east of west uh, descendant um saga mm-hmm. and whatever that other one was um i'm missing one i can't was remember there one one? there was another one hmm. um, i remember there being another one uh but yeah no so i had like those and you then got you those got, like, i got manhattan witches, project manhattan witches Projects. trees injection. god country injection yeah stuff that was interesting to me yeah and i love how our tastes on the image stuff are kind of opposite yeah and that that always like it's always the most fun to talk about like yeah. i'm trying to think of more topics like while we're waiting for the pop culture world to kind of come back yep. uh, I'm trying to think of like topics where we can set up discussion and so I figured this would be a good mm-hmm. dual episode where you talk about your history and the next week I'll talk about mine yeah. Um, but yeah no that's because uh, the initial idea with you reading comics was you were going to try to come, become the Marvel expert which mm-hmm. lasted through the Daredevil sp- uh, spree but then like I mean I'm still trying to read Daredevil yeah my, um, my next thing is to go back and actually read the Brian Michael Bendis stuff that yeah. I started before he gave me a whole bunch of Batman yeah um but like uh, we kind of relaxed on that because like I wanted to read Swamp Thing yeah uh, exactly you want to read Swamp like it's it's much easier if you just like want to read things and read them than yeah. for us to like force you to read like if we started getting paid for this shit then it'd be a different story I would be forcing you to read a bunch of Marvel Man. I would literally be paying you to read a bunch of Marvel yeah. What a shame. <laughs> I want to read the stuff I want to read, man. Um, but yeah, no, I, the, it was just uh, just me with DC. We figured we needed a little bit of Marvel knowledge, which, I mean, having your Daredevil knowledge definitely helped when getting into the Daredevil show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's, uh, that's who I've become. I think I'm... I mean, I'm still learning about movies and watching movies and finding new movies I really like. Uh, and the and Andrews, uh, Andrews had an impact on us. Yeah, both. Like, because there's definitely stuff that you didn't know that Andrews been teaching. Because there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of like just the world of movies. Yeah, that, just the the technical stuff. Yeah, and all that stuff. And um, yeah, and I feel like him and I get along pretty well, kind of taste wise. We like mm-hmm. we line up closely but not perfectly and mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll we'll have interesting discussions about stuff when we watch it which we haven't done in a while yeah well he's all i'm trying to get him to come back yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so um i think i'm i'm i had a point i was going with i think i'm much pickier about comics mm-hmm. um I probably do still have some residual elitism about it. I'm like, yeah, this has got to be good. It's got to be capital L literature for me to appreciate this. And so, Watchmen, sure. Yeah. Alan Moore Swamp Thing, sure. Um, and beyond those, there's not a lot of comics that I'm really like, I loved this. This mm-hmm. is 
incredible. This is really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, year one is probably close to that level. Yeah. Um, the first volume of the Brian Michael Bendis run on Daredevil is probably right about there. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the image stuff is definitely up there, which yeah. is which is great. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of my journey, I guess. Is there any anything that needs more fleshing out in there? No. I was supposed to call my girlfriend twenty five minutes ago, so we should probably call it there. But oh, that was a that was a fun little journey through the yeah. through the life of Matt and pop culture. Yep. Yeah. Next week we'll we'll do me, mm-hmm. uh, which will be more comics focused. Yeah, it'll be kind of the, the opposite. Yeah, you started, that's exactly you what got I was into thinking. comics, and then you, you learned about movies because of you. Like yeah. starting with you, yeah. That's a look at us. Yeah, who would have thought? This is good. Not me. Nope. I woulda. Well, I was gonna. I was referencing Paul Rudd. You were? Hot wings. Hot. hot uh, what was it called? Hot. Think. Uh, the. The wings show where he like they answer he eat hot wings and answer questions. What? And Paul Rudd was on it and What? You know that? Like I'm what, not aware of this. First we feast? I'm not aware of How this. are you not aware? Oh man, I'm showing you that shit. Anyway, until anyway, then, shouts we. We shouts. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to me reminisce about my childhood and also my adulthood. <laughs> it's weird now that I have adulthood I can reminisce about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, next week we're talking about Preston, so tune in for that, unless you don't want to be traumatized, in which case don't. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, at JustUsLosersPod. Uh, we have a Gmail, JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com. Um, we're on Instagram. Don't really know how that works. We take pictures or something. Sometimes. Um, at JustUsLosersPod. Uh, we have a Patreon. You can send us money for movie tickets, I guess. Something. Something. Um, or for other personal deeds. Yep. Yeah. We don't discriminate. Nope. Uh, give us if someone If someone wants to gift us an HBO subscription, that would be lovely, because I really do need to finish that Watchmen show. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm missing something. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Well, I'm gonna let that slip by me. Spotify. What's that? That's about where I'm at right now. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. <laughs> Wait, well, that is it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was I was really close to saying Spotabean. 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 I Spotabean. Ignore uh, the sounds I'm making. I'm trying to find something. He's, he's clattering around. Um, I have my backup if I can't yeah, find it. I should, I, I should see if I can find a way to bide time here. Nah, so, don't worry about I it. I mean, we're really struggling to come up with episode topics here. We've got a couple of good ones here, I think. Yeah. And then um, after that, we're, we're out. We've got, we got nothing else. So you're going to have to send us in some uh, useful episode topics that we can use. Um, to everyone that's still listening, uh, staying with us through these trying times. Um, let's see. Do you have a backup ready? Yeah, I've got uh, Okay. I I'm about to do the thanks for listening. Bye. 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 That works. Huh? That works. Yeah. Back to the original. That was the first one I ever did. Ah. Yeah.